Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host, Taylor. I hope you all had a great weekend. I know I did. I was very busy. I was out of town, so I couldn't watch the spring training games that happened, the two spring training games, Saturday and Sunday, but I did listen to them, keep updated with them, and... I'm going to give you my take on those games in this episode today. First, quick reminder, if you haven't already, like or subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate it, review it, send it around to your friends and family, and help us get some more listeners so that A's fans can have some more A's content. Also, don't forget to... Send an email, if you have not yet, to the mayor of Oakland asking for her to do her part to keep the A's in Oakland. So, let's jump right into... First, let's just say the A's won both of the spring training games. They won the Saturday game 12-7 against the Diamondbacks and they won Sunday's game 11-4 to against the Brewers. And that means that the A's are one of only a few teams left that are undefeated. That's right. Right now, there's only two teams in the Grapefruit League, which would be Baltimore and Boston are both undefeated. Boston only has one win. They've only played one game. And then in the Cactus League, in which the A's are in in spring training, there are four teams, Kansas City, Colorado, uh, the Angels, and the A's. So we are one of the final six six undefeated teams left standing in the kickoff of spring training here. I know it doesn't mean much. These games don't really matter and everybody's subbing everybody in over and over, but it could... Not so much the wins and losses, but the performances that our players are having can sort of signal what sort of year they might have and can maybe do a lot to put in a good team culture heading into the season and get people excited, pumped up, And, of course, uh, even if the games don't really technically matter, everybody likes to win. So, I'm, I'm pretty happy, you know, we've got a better spring training record right now than the Dodgers, the Giants, over on the, uh, Grapefruit League. Better, technically, than the Yankees and the Mets, than the Astros, so this, this is fun, this is fun, and, um... You know, I I listened to the Saturday game on the radio live, the whole thing, start to finish, in the car, and it was, first of all, great to hear uh, Ken Korak once again. You know, it's been uh, since since the regular season last year, so it's been a little bit, and love hearing him. And I love to hear some positive stuff for the A's. So let's, let's go over who played on Saturday. It's a lot of lot of names. Why don't I just give you the the number of people first? Twenty-three players 
offensively, 23 non-pitching position players, and seven pitchers. Seven pitchers, nine innings. That's pretty normal for spring training if you didn't know that already, if you don't usually pay attention to spring training very much. So 20, 23 batters and uh, seven pitchers. And then on Sunday, 18 batters and seven pitchers. Let's go over some of the people that played who had some some uh, nice or interesting performances. Tony Kemp, he came in, he had three plate appearances, got walked twice, and with his one at bat did not get a hit. And Lawrence Butler came in and subbed in for his position in the lineup. He had one walk and one hit with two at-bats. So he's batting 500 there. Seth Brown played a little bit. He he got hit by pitch. It, it sounded like a wild one. It hit him fully on the back, like behind. So Diamondbacks pitchers probably trying to just get used to the new pitch clock stuff, I guess. We're, we're going to talk about that some more. Probably not on this episode, because this one is going to be just a bit of a short, sweet game recap here. Uh, Christian Pache came in for three at-bats. He did not produce anything. No walks, no hits. That's a bit disappointing. All right, uh, Cody Thomas... He had a hit. Loriano, he had a hit, one for three. J.J. Blade with a walk in three plate appearances. Manny Pena got a walk, and I, I think he actually walked in a run, which was kind of funny. Uh, spring training, walking in runs already. But good plate discipline, good plate discipline, Manny. Tyler Soderstrom came in one for three. Alright, he is a player to really keep an eye on for this offseason because he is going to be the future of probably first base for the A's, and that's okay because if we still have Seth Brown on the team, he can play outfield. If we have Ryan Noda, then he can play outfield. Um, But Tyler Soderstrom is probably just going to be playing first base or potentially DHing, I suppose, if we have that sort of slot available. But he had himself a single in in this game, a Saturday's game, and had a couple of uh, defensive catchers come in. And Tyler Soderstrom also did do some catching on Saturday's game. Jace Peterson, one for one with two walks. All right, what did I say? What did I say during this offseason? On base, Jace. Okay, great plate discipline, sees a lot of pitches, gets on base, takes walks, doesn't swing on bad pitches very much. So, you know, we're we're seeing some of the things that I kind of thought I would see, which is nice, feels nice for me. Ryan Noda had a double on Saturday, and Nick Allen played uh, shortstop, and had himself a uh, a nice hit. And then Kevin Smith came in and played shortstop the rest of the game. Uh, Nick Allen had two at-bats, and Kevin Smith had three at-bats, and Kevin Smith, two hits, three RBIs. 
two two nice singles driving in some runs. So we just had all in all massive production on the on the offensive side on Saturday. Just massive. I mean, twelve runs scored. Obviously, that says massive production, right? There there were only two people I think who did not get on base at all that actually had at bats um okay five five actually if you count a couple the a couple of people had one at bat and had no production but the biggest bad spot that that we really had on Saturday offensively was Christian Pache with his three at bats and he didn't strike out but he did not get on base at all so that was that was one of them, and then Kevin Crone, the younger brother of C.J. Crone, he also had three at-bats and no uh, no on base, no production of any kind. And then, you know, we had uh, Trey Supak and Daniel Susak, who both did a little bit of catching defensively, did not end up taking any at-bats. And then other than that, we, you know, most guys who had some plate appearances at least at least got a walk or got, got on base somehow. Um, Ernie Clement and Jonah Bride and Dermis Garcia. Those, those are the other three that had no offensive production on Saturday. Dermis Garcia had only two at-bats and... Uh, Ernie Clement and Jonah Bride only had one at bat each, so not a big deal. One one at bat, no production, does not say anything at all. All in all, just great production. And then uh, pitching wise, J.P. Sears let it off, got into a little bit of trouble, three hits, two earned runs. He let up a home run and. You know, with only 1.2 innings pitched, he actually got pulled because he hit the pitch count that they had predetermined. It's not like, you know, oh, two earned runs, you know, it's it's over, pull him out. No, he hit his pitch count, and they pulled in uh, Jake Fishman, who finished off the last out of the second inning. And then from there, it was just through the uh, pitching roster like presumably was planned to just try and get everybody as much uh, a little bit of work as many people as possible in these early days where people are really just trying to loosen up their shoulders you know and we're not really expecting to see work at this point I don't think that's representative of who they are as a pitcher just get them loosened up get them get them working with some of the different catchers we have get them on the same page and even though it's this isn't like representative of are they going to be a good pitcher or not at this point, you know, probably want to wait a week or two and see how they're doing after getting loosened up, getting warmed up, and getting more into a flow uh, and getting a little bit more pitches on their arms. But then Freddie Tarnock, two innings, two strikeouts, one walk, and only let in only allowed one hit. No earned runs, beautiful, showing, you know, he 
wants that starting spot, and I think he wants to be in the rotation. So he's he is going to need to keep showing that sort of a performance. He's going to need to uh, be impressive, and I think he can be, but he, there's a lot of competition, so he probably already knows that's what he has to do. Kirby Sneed got the blown save and the win. He let in two earned runs, three hits, and a walk in one inning for an 18 ERA, but he gets the win because uh, the way they do it is the inning that the A's pass and keep the lead, and if they keep the lead from then on, then whoever that pitcher was gets the win. So he got that win, and then we had Austin Pruitt come in for one inning, no strikeouts, but a clean inning. Chad Smith, he came in one inning, three earned runs, one walk, one strikeout, three hits, no home runs, so just, you know, I think it was walk, single, and then, you know, double-double or some something, you know, just some someone, uh, I think it was two batters that drove in those three runs for him before he ended up working his way out of that inning. So that was a bit of a rough one for him. And we had Garrett Williams, who... I am not familiar with. He is, let's see, take a look at who he is. A lefty pitcher, 28 years old, 6'1", 200 pounds. He was signed to a minor league contract as a free agent in December. So he is getting a look at by the A's for spring training here, and he represented himself well. One hit, one strikeout in one inning. No runs. Nice clean inning. Then finally, the last pitcher on Saturday, Rico Garcia. Two strikeouts, one hit, no earned runs, no runs. And according to MLB, the top performers of this game, I'm assuming that they only show offense in the top performers list, but I don't actually really know. Jace Peterson, one for one, which was a double, two walks, two RBIs, and scored a run himself. Second on the top performers list, Kevin Smith, two for three with three RBIs and a run. And then Denzel Clark, number three, one for one with a double, got hit by a pitch, and scored two runs himself. There were no home runs in that first game, and... There were a couple, there were three, four doubles, I think. So, a lot of small ball to score 12 runs. And it was also uh, tied, I think, for the longest game, the longest spring training game of the day, coming in at three hours and six minutes, despite all of the rule changes by MLB to cut the time of the game down. And... I'm just going to say briefly that rules like this seem a little self-contradictory to me because if you start rushing the pitchers and they can't get themselves set and prepared and those pitchers, that might make them not throw the quality that they would otherwise if they could take their time, get set and prepared. I'm not saying take as long as they want, but if they had a little bit more time to not feel rushed, they might get more quality pitches out. And and that would 
get more outs quicker, which the the game ends when when there's 27 outs on both teams or 27 outs on the away team when the home team is winning. So making a pitcher speed up as much as that seems to make sense that it would make the game go quicker if the pitcher is just throwing a little bit more junk than usual and getting knocked around a little bit more. You know, those are more at-bats, more batters, more swings, and more pitches without getting the outs that you need to get the game towards the end point. So that's just something that I kind of throw my hands up and I say, hey, you're trying to speed the game up, but this might not actually work. It will maybe help sometimes, right? And But then, on the other hand, some games without this are still faster than others. And, and it'll just be interesting to see the effect of these rule changes down the line. So, me, you, I'm sure everybody, we're all going to be paying attention to the effect of these rule changes, and I'm curious, as I'm sure all of you are. So that was a little peek at the Saturday game, and let's look at the Sunday game where we went up 2-0, two, two, and oh, two wins, no losses, 11-4. 11 runs scored for the A's, 4 runs scored for the Milwaukee Brewers. And we had a totally different lineup. Some people got, you know, another look, or, uh, you know, maybe they got one at bat on the first day and they got a couple more on Sunday. But we also got some people who did not play on Saturday to come in on Sunday, and some people who played Saturday did not play on Sunday. Some of those players who did not play on Saturday, Asturi Ruiz, he came in on on Sunday, and Shea Langoliers came in on Sunday, and Jesus Aguilar came in Sunday, Connor Capel or Connor Capel, he came in uh, Saturday. I don't think he played, or on, on Sunday, I don't think he played on Saturday. And uh, Brent Rooker, I'm pretty sure he didn't play on Saturday, but he did on Sunday. And Trenton Brooks, who I am not very familiar with, and he is a non-roster invitee uh, signed to a minor league contract by the A's in November. 27-year-old lefty outfielder. And so he he got a little quick look by the A's on Sunday. Uh, Two at-bats from him, no production. But first day uh, playing a game there. A lot of guys, you know, first day playing a game here. A little lack of production. It's just getting used to the game. The top performers offensively. You got Shea Langoliers, and he had a heck of a day, people, a real heck of a day. There there was actually, I know it's 11-4, to and on Saturday we scored 12 runs, but there were some really hot performances from a couple of guys on Sunday that were just phenomenal, where you kind of wish that there were more than three top performer slots on MLB, giving some some credit to a couple more people, actually, because there are some people that deserved it. Shea Langoliers, a heck of a day, 
who went three for three with a home run, a double, two RBIs, and two runs scored. So he was the top performer, according to MLB.com. And that means that right now he's got a batting average of 1,000 <laughs> and an OPS of 3.333, a 3,333 OPS. With his home run and his double and then a single, he was just a triple shy of the cycle on his first off-season, his first spring training game, really showing off those bat skills, and that is really exciting. I hope that he can keep it up, not literally what he did. That's impossible to keep up. He's not going <laughs> to keep up a 1,000 batting average, but I hope he keeps up a, a great performance on the bat. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. Uh, he already did pretty well last season as a rookie, basically league average, with, you know, only 40 games that he played. So he's still, I think, going to count as a rookie, his rookie season this year. And he's got a little bit of a warm-up in the majors from last season. Look out. Pay attention to this guy. Pay attention to Shea Langoliers this season. I'm telling you guys. Second on the top performers, Denzel Clark. He subbed in for Asturi Ruiz and played center field. He went two for two with a run scored and two RBIs, batting a thousand. Very nice. Then we had Ryan Noda as the third top performer, one for three with a home run, three RBIs, and a run scored. He played first base and he, his other two at-bats were strikeouts, so I believe I had described him in this way, which might be a little bit accurate, and we will see more as time continues, but Noda, three true outcomes sort of guy, I think he's got a lot of power. Pretty sure he smacked the garbage out of that ball on Sunday, and then his other two at-bats were strikeouts, and also he can get himself his fair share of walks, all right? He didn't have any walks in the spring training game on on Saturday or on, on Sunday or on Saturday, so he still doesn't have any walks, but I know that he can do it because that's what he has done in the minors with a pretty dang close to a 400 on base. Despite not having... A batting average over 260. So he strikes out, but he gets walks, and he hits home runs. And then once he's on base, he has no problem stealing a base. As we've seen last year, looking at his minor league performance in AAA with 20 steals. So doesn't he doesn't mind taking a bag if if he feels like it's being offered, if he feels like he's got that opportunity, that's what I think. And then I think we got to give a nod to Jesus Aguilar. All right, three three at bats, one strikeout, two hits, two two nice singles, and knocked in two runs on Sunday with those at bats as well. So very nice from him. I would put him up there in the top four, if if there were four slots in the top performers, 
Uh, so I, I just wanted to give him that little shout-out because, you know, I think we've got a really, really solid, interesting team. And let's talk about the pitching on Sunday. Held them to four runs. Saturday was seven. Didn't matter because we had that production, and Sunday was four runs. So we had three home runs that we let in. Three home runs that two of them, one was on Adam Aller and two uh, Trey Supak gave up. So we had Kyle Muller start off the game two innings, two hits, one walk, four strikeouts. Very solid piece of work for him. And he was pitching to Shea Langoliers, which uh, there there's actually an article about how they're comfortable pitching and catching and pitching with each other from their time on the Braves. So they've already got that chemistry, and that probably helped them. And they that you know might give Kyle Muller a little bit of an edge in this battle for a rotation spot with some of these other pitchers. If he's already got that rapport with with Shea Langoliers, he he might have a little leg up on some of the competition. Adam Aller came in for the next two innings, let in three hits, and one of them was a home run, like I said. One earned run, one walk, and also four strikeouts. So, solo bomb, no big deal. It happens. Three hits. I, I was paying close attention at, on those innings that he was pitching, actually. And it's not a bad thing to see stuff like this, especially spring training when it happens, because he, he's getting into a jam, and then he's getting himself out of a jam, letting in only one earned run when... And, and it was a solo shot also, right? So he when he walked a guy, he let a, let a couple hits, got, got a couple guys on base over these two innings... And he didn't let the situation get out of hand. So, looking good there, Adam Aller as well. Domingo Acevedo, one hit, one walk. Looks like a little trouble. No runs scored, no earned runs, three strikeouts. So he got himself into trouble, and then he just said, don't even look at my baseball. (laughs) And struck out the rest of the side for, for that inning and just got himself out of his own jam with no damage done. Danny Jimenez, who closed a lot of games for the A's last season when we basically did not know what we were going to do, didn't have any answers for a closing situation, which we didn't honestly find ourselves in all that much, given the state of, of the team, probably more than you would think that we would be, because the games that we were winning, we were never winning by, you know, not often by more than three runs. So every time we were winning, we had a save opportunity, practically. He had a little injury problem right towards the end of the season, had to come out. He came in, one strikeout, one hit, and a clean inning other than that hit, just uh, scoreless. Drew Steckenrider, who did some closing for the Mariners in 2021, I think, and then I think he was pretty good also. Yep, 2 ERA with 14 saves in 17 opportunities in 2021 for the Mariners. 
and in 2022, 5.65 ERA with only two saves in four opportunities. So they stopped using him in save situations and really didn't use him very much at all, 16 games compared to 62 the year before. So, and then they <laughs> just did, didn't care about keeping him anymore, I guess, at that point, which is kind of weird because he just showed you that he could do it and then you're not giving him the opportunity to get his to to get settled in basically and just giving giving him away so the A's took him and that's potentially going to be good he had two strikeouts no hits no walks no runs pitched one inning and i think that if the A's give him a nice shot he he could actually end up being a nice pickup which was uh a nice free pickup, by the way, because we signed him to a minor league contract. So it'd be nice if, if that ended up working out and we got ourselves another nice, uh, potentially, closer option. Danny Jimenez, you know, he, he's shown he can do some closing. Steckenrider, he, he can do some closing. And, yeah, Danny Jimenez in 22 last year, 11 saves and 14 chances. So pretty solid 3.4 ERA in 34 games. Next pitcher in that game was Jorge Juan, 6 foot 8, 200 pounds and only 23 years old. Righty pitcher. He is a non-roster invitee and he has only played at the high A level. So I at 23 years old and only at the high A level, I don't think that we will be seeing him in this season. But you never know, he might just shout with his performance, hey, I'm ready, bring me up. Jorge Juan, one inning pitched, one walk, three strikeouts. Trey Supak, he pitched one inning, he had a little bit of a rough time, it was the end of the game as well, one inning, uh, the last inning that he of the game is what he pitched, and at that point it was 11-1, to 1, so... The three earned runs that he gave up really did not matter, and I don't think that he was feeling the pressure there, you know, from any sort of a high-pressure situation or, or letting runs in. The only thing he was probably concerned with letting runs in for is earning himself a spot on big league roster this year. So that was one one inning pitched, three hits. Two of them were home runs for three runs scored, and he had one strikeout. So Trey Supak was the only pitcher that I would say really had a not stellar performance, did not did not have a very good performance on Sunday. And then batting-wise, there were several more guys on Sunday than on Saturday, I think, who had uh, poor performances at the plate, which uh, Kevin Smith went over, over two. Trenton Brooks also 0 for 2. Zach Geloff, he went 0 for 3 playing second base. And Jonah Bride went 0 for 2, but did score a run. I think it was a fielder's choice. Oh, look at that. All right, so I wanted to talk about this. Uh, for, well, first let me finish, uh, finish what I was doing there. Uh, Cody Thomas, 0 for 2. Pablo Reyes, 0 for 2. Yohel Pozo, 0 for 2 as well. And, you know, so 
that that was some of the not great offensive performances that we had on Sunday. Again, doesn't really none of it really means anything because it's so early and it's also only spring training. But you know, I'm looking I'm looking around all excited, just waiting to see who's got the goods. Right. Let's talk about Astori Ruiz in his first spring training game because my eyes are on him and a lot of people's eyes have got to be on him. He went 0 for 2 at the plate, but he also had two walks. One of his one of his two outs was a strikeout, and with his two walks, he scored two runs. So you have to be wondering or, or thinking maybe his speed and his base running ability uh, helped to score those two runs, and, you know, who knows? I, it was hard to say without actually watching the game, so, you know, that is my fault there. You know, I, I wasn't able to watch the game, so I can't tell you <laughs> if his base running ability was what directly caused those runs to be scored. I wish I could. I will watch some of these other spring training games going forward, and I, I'll have some of that... Uh, insight for you, hopefully. But what I can tell you is he had a couple of stolen base attempts that I'm going to say he went and took the base, but it didn't get counted as a stolen base because one was a fielder's choice, I think, and uh, one of them actually did end up getting counted. One, one, one of his, uh, I think he had two, he had two walks and two stolen bases, but they only counted one technically as a stolen base. So he stole one base, stole second, and I think that was in the first inning. So start up the uh, base stealing engines, and uh, that's it's going to be a lot of fun this season watching him. So overall takeaways from these two games. These squads are dynamic, exciting, really talented, I think, really talented, and it's going to be a real struggle, if, in my opinion, to actually figure out who to, who to play and who, who earns those shots, because I think that you're going to end up with a lot of guys earning earning their shot. I think Ryan Noda and Jesus Aguilar, you know, you're going to have two first basemen. And that means Tyler Soderstrom, he it would make no sense to call him up this year to play first base when you got two first basemen. <laughs> so, Kevin Smith aside from his 0 for 2 today, he was uh, pretty good on Saturday, what with his 2 for 3 with three RBIs. So Kevin Smith showing it for the infield there. You know, he played third base on Sunday and uh, shortstop on Saturday, showing a bit of versatility. And then, you know, he's he's competing for a slot with uh, Jonah Bride and Nick Allen will have the other middle infield slot, I think. I think that's how, right? I don't know. I just, I think that there's, a lot of competition. I mean, heck, let's just look at uh, center field, or let's just say outfield. You know, we, and who's who's got great performances fighting for these outfield slots? You got a Story Ruiz, Denzel Clark. He's he's been uh, he did really well 
on Sunday. Connor Capel or Capel is uh, he he is doing his thing two walks and a hit on Sunday going a thousand right and Brent Rooker made himself useful as well and you know we haven't even seen all of our <laughs> all of our players yet you know uh, I don't think Ledmus Diaz has has played yet but you know in the outfield then you've also got Seth Brown. Pache, Loriano, Tony Kemp can play outfield, but he might be more used at second this year. But, you know, just just looking at outfield, you got Christian Pache. We're trying to make him work, and he's he's doing great, right? Seth Brown, he was fantastic last year. You want him on the team. You got Ramon Loriano. You know, he's got to be on the on the roster. He's got to be there because he is that good and we know it already. Lawrence Butler, you know, he he had a nice performance with one hit and two at-bats and a walk on Saturday. And then Cody Thomas, he he got himself a hit on Saturday as well. Connor Capel, Astori Ruiz, and Denzel Clark. And Brent Rooker. So, all right, you've got basically so far nine outfielders to sift through. So that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about right there. Is you've got like nine outfielders, uh, maybe more. There, there are some that probably haven't played yet that I'm forgetting about that they... I think that more than three of them are going to be good enough that you'd wish that they could be playing in the outfield for you every day. You know, do you, do you go Loriano, Seth Brown, Asturi Ruiz, maybe... Pache gets his bat working, and then then what do you do? Who do you take out from from those three to put Pache in? Or if Denzel Clark is you know ready for the bigs, or Connor Capel is ready for the bigs, you know maybe Brent Rooker, you know, is with with all of these guys, <laughs> you maybe can have one of one of them as the bench guy, outfielder, you know. And so it's just tough. It's going to be really tough. Katsay's got a heck of a lot of work cut out for him in figuring out a lineup here, but uh, hopefully he is up for the task. Last season is definitely not reflective of him as a manager at all, I don't think, because that was just, you know, the cards that he was dealt to an extent. And, you know, he can't play the game for anybody, and he can't go out and get whoever he wants, you know, so he's just got to sometimes deal with the cards that he's been dealt. And this year, I think he's been dealt some better cards, so now we have to see how he is going to play those cards, right? So it'll be interesting seeing that. This will basically be the first year evaluation, in my opinion, of Mark Kotze as, as the manager. So that's that's kind of fun also. Not only are we getting to evaluate a lot of our new guys and a lot of the free agents that we picked up and different trade moves that the A's have made and that maybe will the A's will continue to make some more, uh, but we also get to evaluate the performance of the manager and the coaching staff. So pretty interesting, pretty fun. Um... Spring training is is in full swing now. I'm super excited. I'm going 
in about three weeks to watch some spring training games, and I'm excited. It's the first time in a long time that I have been back to spring training, and really looking forward to that. And I think we will start to wrap this up first. I just want to say I think that I'm going to do, hopefully, ideally, a baseball movie review on Thursday because it will it will be the 2nd of March, I believe. I don't know what movie I want to do yet. If you have any ideas, uh, send it to me either on social media. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, or um, through the email or however, however you want, if you can can reach me. So uh, I'll take any suggestions. I'm saving certain movies for, for some other thing, so if you suggest certain movies, I may not deliver just because I am saving a couple of movies for certain events through the year, just to time them with other stuff, because I think it'll be fun. Okay, thanks for listening. I'll have my next episode out for you on Thursday, as usual, and I'm going to be trying to do, uh, for now, I'll just do game reviews of the past couple of days on each episode, and once the season starts, then I'll be doing more weekday episodes to cover the game so that I can give a little bit more attention to the individual game, and then also still potentially have time to talk about some other stuff. But I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. See you on Thursday. Have a great week.